The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Good morning and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time, 20-year breast cancer survivor. I'm also a professional speaker and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Hi, and I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 22-year survivor. I'm also a certified life coach um, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. We are the co-founders of Breast Friends as well. Um, So today's topic is about building your immune system through nutrition. Um, Our guest is Callie Castile. Hope I'm pronouncing that right, Kelly. Uh, she's the Director of Integrative and Culinary Services at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Welcome. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. So just take a second and um, introduce yourself to the audience and tell us what you actually do at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yes, well, you were right. My name is Callie Castile. You said it just right. Perfect. <laughs> I'm a registered dietitian. I've been with Cancer Treatment Centers for 14 years. Great. My role as the Director of Integrative um, and Culinary Services um, holds a variety of things. So my main role is our nutrition program and really helping patients um, through the process, through the cancer treatment process using nutrition, which brings in culinary. And so as we have the clinical piece of our registered dietitians assessing and evaluating our patients and educating our patients, we combine that with the art of culinary on not only here's what to do, but here's how to do it. Great. Um, I I also have a couple other areas, the mind-body medicine and spiritual care programs here. And we really look at that whole whole body experience and how we can really improve health all the way around. Well, and as we know, just because we have a cancer diagnosis doesn't mean it doesn't affect other parts of our body. So like you said, the spiritual piece, the the emotional piece. So yeah, that's wonderful. It's glad I'm glad that you're on our show so we can talk about this topic. Absolutely. And you know, Callie, th- this is a really big topic and I know there's an awful lot of content. So let's just kind of jump right in and would you tell our listeners why is nutrition so important to the immune system? What's that about? Yeah, nutrition is the foundation of the immune system. You know, the nutrients you eat provide that healthy fuel for your body. You know, as we learn more about genetics, I would say that nutrition and that food we're eating is information. It's signaling your genetics to do different things. And so that stems to bring nutrition to the forefront of your healing process. So is there, is there an easy way to figure out what foods do what? I mean, you know, I know that you talk about healthful foods fuel critical functions. So what are some of what are some of the key functions and foods that fuel those things? Yeah, great question. When you look at a cancer diagnosis and you're trying to figure out, okay, where do I start? There's so much information out there. I'm starting treatment. I need to know, just give me a direction. We really focus on telling patients to start with protein. And that's because that's the critical building block of the immune system. Um, Protein is responsible for helping generate healthy cells, those white blood cells and red blood cells, as well as your muscle mass. Um, Experts recommend 20 to 25 grams of protein with each meal or somewhere around 60 to 80 grams a day. Okay. That much, okay. 
we could talk a little bit about those protein sources if that's helpful because I'm sure you're thinking 20 grams what does that really mean (laughs) yeah that would be wonderful if we could do that Kelly and and it probably doesn't mean sitting down with a t-bone steak right (laughs) exactly yes very true why why don't you talk about that what are good sources of proteins mm -hmm. so good sources of lean protein includes nuts and seeds legumes a low-fat dairy eggs poultry fish uh, meat and soy. So there's a variety of protein sources. And as we educate our patients, we kind of use a general rule of thumb um, that one ounce of protein is going to give you about seven grams of, of one ounce of, I'm sorry, one ounce of poultry, meat, fish is going to give you about seven grams of protein. So if you're okay. making your meals and you look at maybe a four ounce chicken breast, you can average um, about 28 grams just by eating that chicken breast. Oh, well, that's so good to know. So an ounce of easier, lean meat yeah. is, yeah, seven grams. Okay. I, I, I knew the calorie count, basically, of protein, but I didn't know that. So that's that's pretty awesome. Well, that's that's helpful, I think, anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it makes it easier so, if you focus on getting at least a protein source with every meal. You're going to be able to reach that 60 to 80 grams. You know, the last thing I want is for patients to be walking around counting grams of protein every day. Right. Um, so really <laughs> right. focused on just, you know, if you add those eggs to breakfast, that's going to give you 6 to 8 grams of protein. Adding a chicken breast with your salad at lunch um, is going to give you another 28 grams and something similar for dinner. Makes sense. Sure. That's a really good way to break that down, and, and that's good. You know, one of the things that we've, that, you know, Sharon and I both being survivors, we've both done our chemo, and I've done radiation too. And they, <laughs> this was what I thought was going to be the silver lining, you know, they, that you would lose all this weight because you lose your appetite. I did lose my appetite some, but darn it, I only lost like five pounds. <laughs> and then I, found, I found it and more at the end. But for a lot of people, they really do have a serious um, loss of appetite during treatment. And it seems kind of common. Why does that happen? Why, why do we lose our appetites? Yeah, you know, your appetite loss can come from a couple of different ways. It can come from just the emotional stress, dealing with um, the cancer diagnosis itself and the treatment. And a lot of times the medications that are used with conventional treatment um, can cause changes to your sense of smell as well as your sense of taste. And so it is... Um, you know, we really focus on teaching our patients to try new things. And depending on the treatment itself, the type of chemotherapy you're getting, we can even figure out what type of taste changes you're going to have in advance so we can mm-hmm. prepare you for that and give you ideas on how to combat that as they come up. Yeah, um, we've heard a lot about, them. like, that metallic taste, you know. Yes, yeah, I remember having that. Taste. Did you? you know, and, That's yeah, and, and then foods... Foods I would normally love and things that, that just always made my my tummy happy, I would smell them and they just like, oh, no. And some of those <laughs> things I still can't eat because it just brings that back. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a it's kind of a weird I wish that would happen with things like um salt and vinegar potato chips because you know <laughs> it's not helping my diet. I wish I could just get really tired of smelling I those know, things. <laughs> if I could just hate chocolate, that would be awesome. Um no. Uh, you know, that's very common. We do hear that a lot um, where we really try to focus on, you know, what are the things we can do to really broaden your your plate? And that's where that culinary expertise comes in. Um, you know, um, we have a lot of caregivers even as they're preparing meals for their patient. Say, you know, you've been eating this for 20 years and now you don't like my meatloaf. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, what so we, we can end a lot of the battles just by explaining that this is a normal part of the treatment and we can try other things. Maybe it's a specific spice or an herb that we can add that will change that taste around. That's okay, good. yeah. And, you know, we had a, a show in, a few weeks ago. Uh, with We were on with a chef who has a cookbook called Cooking for Chemo. I believe is what it was called. And he talks a lot about spices and things like that. So if any of our listeners are interested in any of that, there's a there's a radio show on our archives about that. But it's That's it's really wonderful. helpful, I think, to, you know, the, change the way you spice things because some things do, you know, make a difference. So, um, and, and so mm-hmm. Callie, what are some of the ways that you encourage people to address, you know, these nutritional needs up front? I mean, I know one of the things I tell people when they're getting ready to start chemo, they say, what, what do I need to do? 
Well, one thing I would suggest you do is, you know, clean your sheets and do the, these things so you don't have to come home to a dirty house and make sure your refrigerator is cleaned out of all the junk and then put some things in there that are healthy. So with that in mind, what are some of those things that they should put in there so that they've got a well, well-stocked cupboard and refrigerator but not go yeah. not do the wrong things? Yeah, well, I think that is excellent advice. It's definitely a great place to start. Um, you know, quick, easy snacks are what we try to focus on through treatment, um, usually involving a protein source. Um, so the nuts and seeds available, um, legumes like your brown beans, black beans. Um, these things are fairly simple to prepare ahead of time and either individually portion them in your freezer if you need to freeze them for a while or they should maintain it in your refrigerator for anywhere from three to seven days, depending on what it is. Um, so you okay. can individually pack these items. That does okay. help a lot. And what about things like fruits? Are there any fruits that are better than other things? Because, you know, that kind of stuff does go bad pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. you don't want to overload yeah. on the wrong things. But what do you? What would yeah, you recommend? When, when I look at fruit, the variety is the key of any fruit or vegetable. Getting in anything that deeper, darker, bolder color going to have more vitamins and minerals in it as a general rule of thumb. So those blackberries, blueberries, those are going to be key ingredients. If you're looking at vegetables, um, cruciferous vegetables are your best bet. And those are your broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and cabbage. Um, I tell my patients I don't like to make anyone eat anything. Um, I want them to really make a choice on their own. But when it comes to those cruciferous vegetables, if there is any way to get those down, those um, the prevention and the anti-cancer effects are so high that it's, it's just critical to eat those. Yeah. I remember when my mom would cook some of those kinds of vegetables. I despise them as a child. <laughs> but, you know, it's yep. funny when you actually learn how to cook them properly and you you um, use some spices and you um, mm-hmm. saute instead of boil or, you know, those kinds of things. It's amazing. They're actually very, very tasty. <laughs> they are. And, you know, the spices and herbs add a unique flavor but they also bring quite a bit of health benefits with them. Um, So adding those herbs and spices can really add um, phytochemicals and really increase the nutrient power of the food. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Can you give me an example of that? Um, Sure. Oh, man, there's there's just so many. From cinnamon, um, you know, cinnamon is just a spice that, um, you know, tastes wonderful, um, but it also has... um, blood sugar um, lowering effects. So just adding a half a teaspoon of cinnamon to your food can help level out those blood sugar levels. Interesting. Okay. And that would help help with the insulin production Mm -hmm. and all of those things. Well, that's good. hmm, That's simple, and I love cinnamon. (laughs) I know, right? Cinnamon. um, Turmeric is another one, um, which um, active ingredient in there, that curcumin in there is great health benefits from a variety of things. So for cancer prevention, um, anti-aging effects, um, even decrease in inflammation in the body. Oh, well, that's very interesting. So I would imagine you probably have to treat someone who is diabetic differently than you do um, the rest of us uh, who aren't diabetic. So is that kind of some of the things that you use for that diabetic patient? Or? Yes, yes. You know, surprisingly, more and more patients have diabetes and cancer, and there's an increased risk for um, cancer if you do have diabetes. Oh, so really wow. controlling that blood sugar is a key to really the better outcomes through diabetes as well as cancer. Um, so you're right. We do a lot of training on, you know, lean sources of protein and getting those carbohydrates from your fruits and vegetables. Yeah, okay. less less starchy kind of bread and mm-hmm. rice and all those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know we're going to go out to break here in just a, probably two minutes. Um, but as the, just kind of staying along this line, I just want to give you a little warning. <laughs> so we're coming up on it. But um, so any other tips you can think of for planning ahead? Um, I, you know, being with cancer treatment centers, we know you're kind of a all-encompassing, and we're going to talk about that at the end of the show, but, you know, it's kind of all-encompassing. Are there any other tips that you can share that might be maybe a little bit outside the nutritional realm, like, um, well, kind of related, but vitamins and things like that that they might want to consider um, supplementing um, their, their nutrition with? 
that I would recommend, and that's one, always consult a dietitian, a registered dietitian in your area on your diagnosis. Um, they're going to do a full evaluation and assessment and really figure out that individualized plan for you, um, which is very key. Um, planning ahead as far as engaging your family and friends. There's so many people that usually want to help you out when you're starting treatment and you just get a diagnosis. Um, helping them understand that you need healthy food um, so they're not bringing you um, anything that, um, oh, I've seen a variety of things where people come in and say, you know, I've been trying to eat healthy and, oh, my neighbors brought me over a whole thing of donuts or a big thing of cake. Yeah. And, yeah, that's uh, not helpful, is it? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, yeah, it depends on the situation, I guess. But yeah, yeah. you want to and you know, too many pans of lasagna. <laughs> I think well, I had lasagna me... coming out my ears for a while. You know, yes, every... yes, you get casseroles and casseroles, uh-huh. and um, giving them the information that I would love you to bring something if they ask, and say, you know, any fruits or vegetables or shelf stable items that are protein rich will really help them, guide them into what to bring. Um, you know, and it might be a good thing for the, the partners and spouses to know this information because chances are they're gonna, that's who's going to be talking to the friends and the family about yep. this. So if, they, right. if, if there's an open and honest conversation about it in the family first about what kinds of foods are, are healthy. And, you know, Callie, what I'm hearing from you is that it's not even just cancer patients that need this stuff. I mean, if we all were to eat like this, it would build our immune system and perhaps help us not get cancer to begin with. Is that kind of where we're going um, with this? A 30 to 40% of all cancers can be prevented with diet and lifestyle changes. Um, So you're 100% right. If we can just change our focus to really eating to fuel our bodies, um, you're right. We could reduce that risk of cancer. Well, it looks like it's it's time for break, so we're going to take a a short break, and I want to encourage callers to give us a holler uh, at 1-866-472-5792, and we'll be back just in a couple minutes. Fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about using diet and nutrition to reduce our cancer risk and also to reduce our risk of recurrence. We have Callie Castile from the Cancer Treatment Centers of America on the line with us. And if you missed the first segment, you need to download the show later because it was really good information. So we got a lot more to talk about. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Kelly. So, you know, we were talking a little bit about boosting your immune system. And so I'm assuming that that really does help reduce our risk of cancer recurrence. Can you kind of 
explain how that works? Boosting your immune system. Yeah, so ideally, you know, when you we have cancer, um, the best thing we can do is get you into a healthy body weight. And obesity um, is linked with high risk of cancer. So focusing on your body weight even prior to treatment, if you do have a new diagnosis or after you've been through treatment, your best chance of staying in remission and preventing that reoccurrence is through weight management and lifestyle changes. Okay, that's good. And so by using some of these techniques that you're using, like the 60 to 80 grams of protein mm-hmm. and making sure you're eating healthy carbohydrates, um, those kinds of things are going to really make a big difference, I think, in reducing our, re- our risk of cancer. Is that, is that what you're saying? That is, yeah. So focus on those, um, the plant-based foods. So a diet rich in plant-based foods are going to be your fruits and vegetables, um, your nuts and seeds, your beans and legumes, um, and even those whole grains. Okay, that makes sense. You know, it's interesting. I when I was diagnosed, and again, this was 22 years ago, but I remember going to a survivor luncheon and seeing this beautiful, young, very fit healthy looking young woman go on the stage and talk about doing, um, uh, she had a goal of walking or running actually in all of the uh, race for the cures back then. And at that point there were 47 of them. And basically her doctor gave her a 50, 50 chance of being able to live long enough to do that. And that just like broke my heart. I mean, it just like sent this, I don't know, this, piece of ice right through my heart. And I I remember thinking, wow, you know, even somebody healthy and fit still can get cancer. But I think what we're saying here with the with the reducing our risk of cancer or recurrence is this is something that you and I have control over. Because cancer is one of those things that I, I think that proved it. You know, it's some young, beautiful, healthy young woman can come up with cancer. But this is something we can do that we have control over to reduce our risks. Is that what you would yeah, agree with? Just, I, I, I agree completely that um, lifestyle changes, diet, exercise um, are the best things we can do to reduce our risk. Um, you know, physical activity is so important, and um, these days it's really hard to get that activity in, um, but things as simple as 30 minutes, five days a week um, will give you a benefit. So walking, gardening, um, cleaning the house, whatever it is, find something you love to do and do it. Dancing, you know, here at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we have a flash mob every day, a little dance party. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> just to get people up and moving. And, oh, my gosh, you know, that's so great. Just a few minutes of movement. Really, um, Sherry, we need energy. to do that at Breast Friends. A flash, <laughs> a flash mob, yeah, kind of. Yeah, we just need to turn on the music. Now that we don't have anybody in the space below us, turn on the music. We'll just get out there dancing in our office. I, no, I'm serious. I think we should do that. <laughs> that would be so fun, absolutely. Well, you know, oh it's, it's great for your body, but it also will improve your mood. If you just a few minutes of exercise can really re- release some endorphins, that's going to give you that little boost of um, um, happiness as well. So it's an overall good thing I to do. I love that. And I, I bring my little dog to the office with us every day, and oh, he would perfect. love that too because he would just probably start howling and dancing with <laughs> get right into it, wouldn't he? You know, Kelly, I wanted to ask you a quick question. It's not it's not on the stuff we talked about earlier, but um, you know, one of the things that, that happened with me and you know, we we have all heard all you know, when, once you become a cancer patient, you pay, start paying attention. We should pay attention before, but you know, we always hear like you were saying about obesity increases your risk of cancer and your risk of recurrence. I talked to my oncologist one day and I because I had estrogen fed cancer. And so I was talking to him about, and I've had it, I've had cancer three times, and it's always estrogen-fed. I finally said, why don't we just remove my ovaries and get rid of the estrogen? And he said something to me that kind of shook me pretty, pretty hard, because this is the first time I'd heard it, and I just want to get your opinion on it. What he said to me is, you know, the ovaries do produce some estrogen, but that's not the whole story. He says that... That role of fat that many women carry, especially after menopause, because it's kind of our body's way of trying to help ease the problem, it's actually storing estrogen in that, that, love, that layer of body fat. Not only does it store it, it produces 
an estrogen-like product. And so the one of the keys to reducing estrogen production is to remove that layer of fat in the middle. And he said to me, I'd like to see you lose some weight. And that was the first time we had that conversation. And, he, you know, I mean, I've, I've been going through this for 20 years. And he finally said that to me. And so I started working with a nutritionist here in Portland, and I was able to drop about 30 pounds. Um, but that was the first time I'd actually heard the why that obesity can add to that problem. Is that your story, too, or do you have a, a another take on it? Is, is that something you can speak yeah. to? Yeah, well, I can only speak the nutrition piece of it, but I do know that, yes, um, you know, estrogen or hormones are stored in the fat, and um, so it makes sense that you would want to reduce that that fat, the, where those that fat is located. Um, even if you looked at um, animals, say, and you're going to be buying, um, say, for example, beef, you know, we tell you to eat lean pieces of protein or lean, lean sources of protein, mm-hmm. and if you're going to choose organic or not organic, when you look at the fat is where those hormones are stored. And so even if you can't buy organic beef, I say, you know, get the leanest fat possible or cut away that fat off of there. Oh, so it's even in the food we eat in the fat. Isn't that interesting? Well, that that really opened my eyes in a new direction when he told me that, and you've just opened them a little further, <laughs> you know. Um, and I know once you cook the fat, it's much more tempting to leave it on. But, you know, if you take it off before you cook it, then it's it's that's not so bad. So um, that's good. So sorry, Dick. I know that wasn't part no. of our conversation, but it just really hit me. So, well, so, so well, one, I congratulate you on your weight loss um, and taking your physician's um, input and running with it. I think that's um, part of the battle there is taking that advice and running. So great job. Yeah, I got I to run a little more, though. <laughs> <laughs> a little more to go, but you know, the, the pr- problem is I keep losing it, that. and then I keep finding it again, and it's like really frustrating. So, <laughs> oh, I know. that's that keeping it with the the lifestyle. Once you make that change, to keep that change, and that's that's been hard for all of us, I'm sure. So, uh, you go back. I sure like uh, see. I like my uh, not so healthy carbohydrates. So that's part of my problem too so anyway well let's talk about certain foods that we want to incorporate um, and ones that we want to avoid obviously the ones that are uh, (laughs) sugar-coated like I was just referring um, probably are ones we want to avoid but from your perspective what what would you say um, would you want to incorporate and ones you want to avoid Mm -hmm. I would say um, eat plenty of um, tomatoes, carrots, and other foods high in carotenoids. You know, a study that spanned 20 years was published last year in the American Journal, Journal of Clinical Nutrition found women that had the highest amount of carotenoids in their blood had an 18 to 28% lower risk of breast cancer compared wow. to those who had the lowest so carotenoid levels. What's a carotenoid? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah, sure. Great question. Um, Thank you. I was afraid to ask. <laughs> no, I, I would have told you. <laughs> um, carotenoids are found in many of those red, orange, yellow fruits and vegetables. So when you look at tomatoes okay. and carrots, um, or even those dark green leafy vegetables like your kale and spinach, when you see that, think carotenoids. Um, it's even good for those who are ER positive or ER negative cancers. Okay, oh, good. That's good to know, too. So cutting back on carbohydrates, um, I know uh, our fruits are a source of carbohydrates as well. So mm-hmm. can we overdo fruit? You know, we there's so many key ingredients in fruit. We try to really choose your carbohydrates wisely. And so choosing those nutrient-dense foods or those highest in vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals are key. And fruits fall into that category. They're very rich in vitamins and minerals or nutrient-dense. And so we try not to limit fruit um, as much as possible. Now, if you are a patient with diabetes, we may need to look at that a little closer. Um, When we look at carbohydrates, we're talking about a lot of those refined grains, um, those white breads and cereals, um, the plain potatoes. Um, A lot of people continually eat the same grain. So they eat wheat for breakfast, wheat for lunch, and wheat for dinner. You know, they're having... Uh, toast for breakfast, and maybe it's a pasta for lunch, um, 
and they're using that same wheat grains. We try to get you to use more high-fiber grains, you know, branch out, try some quinoa, um, amaranth, you name it, but really get a variety of grains in there. And quinoa is real high protein, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, quinoa is really the best of all worlds. It's called the mother grain for a reason. It's got protein, Mm -hmm. high protein, high fiber, um, as well as some carbohydrates in there. And that's okay. something you you could cook up a whole pot of that ahead of time before you went in for your can- cancer treatment because mm-hmm. it'll it'll keep yeah. in the refrigerator for a while, right? Yes, we do quite a bit of quinoa salads here and culinary um, in our cafe for our patients. So you're right, quinoa keeps well. You can make a variety of cold salads. Um, you can add other things into it. You know, you can add those tomatoes in there, those peppers. Um, a lot of times we'll add even mint to it, which can help combat some of the nausea. Um, Nice. uh Yeah, and then keeping it cold in the refrigerator can actually help with some of those taste changes that come up. A lot of times when you have taste changes, the hot um, temperature foods have a higher smell, um, so that triggers that reaction. And so if you can eat more cold foods, you're going to not send those signals up so quickly. So you can usually eat a pretty good amount before you um, start feeling that. Well, that makes sense because cold food doesn't put the smell out either that mm-hmm. hot food yeah. does, and sometimes that, that comes from the smell, the excess smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so quinoa is a wonderful sense. option for that. It stays in the refrigerator. You can add a variety of things to it. Um, legumes can be the same way. If you want to make um, some type of three-bean salads and those type of things, they keep well. Um, they're not heavy aromas. Makes yeah, sense. that's that sounds really good. You know, one of the things about carbohydrates, you know, when people talk about that, because you know there was that big the the no carb low carb craze that people went on a long time ago, where mm-hmm. they weren't eating fruit and they weren't eating, I mean, like no carbs. And I, I don't I don't even want to blame anybody for that hysteria that kind of happened. But people did lose weight doing that. So how do we do that in a healthy way? And I, I just want to throw that out because I know people hear, people hear, yeah, I'm gluten-free, I'm, I don't eat carbs, I don't, whatever, whatever. And, you know, there's a lot of criticism around some of that. So can you, you address that? Because we know carbs are important. But um, they, they just, are. They really are. You need carbohydrates. They do. They feed your brain. I mean, if you don't have the carbohydrates, your brain isn't getting um, the energy it needs to function fully. Um, so, I think it's all individualized. Um, really, seeing that dietitian can help bring that to you because a lot of people will say, you know, I tried this diet, it didn't work. I tried this one, it didn't work. And that's where we really need to look at you specifically. What's going on with you? What is your lab work telling us? Um, and figure that out. I would say it's generally, you know, sticking with um, a diet high in plant-based foods like your fruits and vegetables, those lean pieces of protein from um, your poultry, from your um, fish, and um, lots of water. You know, a lot of people forget about their fluids, um, but think about the water intake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Water is essential for all of these things. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's switch gears just a little bit to soy, because I know that can be kind of controversial, too. Um, You know, there's, um, uh, you know, we talk about estrogen-fed cancers and soy. So what's your feeling about that? You know, soy before puberty may help reduce breast cancer reoccurrence. I know that there's a lot of research on soy, so we try to give information um, to our patients and let them make the right choice. Um, but there was a study that looked at biomarkers found in young girls, um, high levels of soy, isoflavin, uh, genistein, along with low exposure to BPA, showing long-term decreased risk of breast, um, breast cancer, along with um, gynecological, esophageal, lung, and neurological cancers. Wow. Okay. And so it's timing. It's, it's the, the introduction time. You know, timing. If you are, okay. If you are never had soy your whole life um, and decided, you know, I'm... 45, I'm getting some hot flashes, I'm here to eat soy. And so you just change everything in your diet to soy. Um, We try to encourage people to do that in small amounts, you know, Mm. introducing soy in small amounts if they've never had that. And sticking with one serving a day. No reason to change, go to everything soy that you eat from cereal to to milks to cheeses to um, tofu. 
Right, and we don't have to eliminate it completely from our diet either then. No, yeah, we really stick with, you know, here's the information, um, you know, make the decision for yourself. Um, But one serving a day of soy um, is not going to hurt you for sure. Okay, good. Well, we have about one minute till break. So um, um, what else do we want to talk about in this section? Becky, do you have something? Well, I'm I'm just kind of looking over the notes here of things that I did want to ask. So I'm just give me a minute. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I was just yeah. I was just thinking if we had something specific, but but I think the the soy um, conversation is one that that I know I get a lot of times in. Um, with talking with pe- people because they get all, oh my gosh, I can't have any soy in my diet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no. So, Sharon, do so- you remember that time we were at the Race for the Cure and we had a sponsor that gave us a bunch of bars that were made with soy? Right. And we were, ha- and we were handing them out, out at our booth. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. some people got, one lady just pushed it back in my face and said, no, it's soy. You should know better than that. And I, I kind of was dumbfounded. <laughs> I just right. wasn't so quite it's, sure it's, how to respond. But It's um, good to hear from you that that is not necessarily the case. I mean, obviously, yeah. everybody needs to make personal choices around those things. Yeah. But... But it's, um, you know, it's not like no soy for anybody, you know, who's had breast cancer or cancer. Yeah, so let me clarify that statement. So you're you're saying that soy is not harmful if you have, you know, minimal amounts, but is it helpful in minimal amounts? And that's kind of two different questions. Yeah, I think that's tricky. I do. I think it goes back to the time of when it was introduced to you. So if you grew up um, eating soy... um, I think you're good to continue that. Um, okay. I think it, that's where the trickiness is, and I really think there's just more research needed on it. So, you know, I understand completely when women, um, they absolutely no soy. They want no soy anything, no soy binders. Um, you know, and that's their right to make that decision um, to do that. So it's definitely a tough, a tough line. Okay. Okay. Well, we're it's time for break again, so let's just um, – Take a minute, and uh, I want to encourage callers, 1-866-472-5792. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Now, welcome back to our show. We've been talking about building our immune system to reduce our cancer risk and also to reduce the risk of recurrence. Our guest is Callie Castile from the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And Callie, this has been a great conversation. Um, how do you encourage patients to change their mindset about cooking and eating healthy? It's a big move that, for some of us. It is a really big move. Um, you know, you go from one day being completely healthy to the next day a 
cancer diagnosis and you start to think, what what can I do different or what have I done? Um, I think starting with nutrition is a key area. Um, so we really do a full assessment with the registered dietitian and look at where they're at. You know, we don't want, we don't tell anyone to do anything. We want it to be their choices. And so we find that taking small steps or baby steps um, over time will help get them to their optimal level of nutrition. And that takes a lot of time. It also is something that doesn't change overnight. So we don't uh, go in with the expectation that, you know, starting tomorrow, you're going to throw all your food away and you're going to get all new food. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and everyone's at a different level. And I think that's important to realize. Um, So if we're looking at a diet, um, it might just be start with eating breakfast. The amount of people that don't eat breakfast in our country is high. Um, And that has some effects to it from decreasing your metabolism to even um, weight gain. And so how can we get people just to increase that breakfast there or add a breakfast in? Um, So what's a good breakfast? Let's talk about that. What what would you do when you're talking to patients? Is it bacon and eggs? Is it oatmeal? What is it? Bacon eggs. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, we probably know the I answer think, to that, but I want to hear it from yeah, you. I think you do. I think you do too. Um, you know, a protein source like your eggs is great, and an omelet, adding vegetables to that. And a lot of people don't think about vegetables at breakfast, but you know, when you have you know six to nine servings of fruit and vegetables we want in a day, you know, adding it in at breakfast can really give you a jump start on the day. So maybe it's a a fresh juice, maybe it's a piece of fruit um, with some nut butters, like an apple and almond butter. Depends on the time that you want. You know, I'm a busy working mom, so I I try to eat a quick breakfast, and that usually involves some... some kind of nuts and seeds and a piece of fruit because I'm eating on the go. Um, so I think it depends on the time that you have. Um, yeah, blueberries, you know, throw that in. If it's a bowl of cereal that you're having and that that's what you have to have for breakfast, um, you know, throw some blueberries in there. Um, that'll give it some extra health benefits in there. So it could just depend. You know, I tell people, you know, hard-boiled eggs, boiled some eggs, um, or... You know those uh, muffin tins? You can do a million things with muffin tins and put in some eggs and spinach or eggs and vegetables to make almost a little quiche that you can take on the go. Oh. Huh. I never Without the that. crust. <laughs> Without, <Yeah>. the, <laughs> Without the crust, yes. Without the crust, darn it. And, and no bacon, no bacon border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not wrapped in bacon. Yeah, we do try to limit the amount of saturated fats in our diet, um, and those come from <laughs> those saturated fats do come from the fried food, the processed foods, um, butter, and animal fats. So reducing those saturated fats is helpful. And that's so olive oil is a good source of fat, isn't it? I mean, we always mm-hmm. hear that. Olive oil um, is definitely a good source. Um, more and more people are using coconut oil as an option as well. And that's good for you? Mm-hmm. It's going it to be good. higher in your fats, but it's also got some good fats in there. So um, <laughs> definitely another alternative for you. What about canola oil? There's a, I've heard debate on that. Yeah, you know, it's up and down as far as it really depends on what you want. Um, You know, as far as the ratio of omega-3s and omega-6s, there's a good mix there. It's really, you know, do you want a natural food product or do you want a more of a man-made type of product? And I think that's where people... So canola oil is more man-made. What do they they want out of their diet? You know, it's kind of like margarine and butter. You know, people say, oh, eat butter, eat margarine. Which one do you eat? I think it really, you know, if you look at a fat breakdown, I think it just depends on what um, what what type of food you really want to go for. You know, um, I try to go with as natural state of food as possible, um, not just eating protein shakes and protein bars for every meal, but getting in that whole fruit or vegetable um, really makes a difference because there's much about food we don't know yet and the amount of nutrient power phytochemicals in that whole food is so much better than the process any processed version yeah that's great and i think that's the big thing too because we definitely as 
women were out of the home working, 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 you know, in my whole lifetime, um, uh, were busy, busy people. And so those processed foods, I remember, you know, the hamburger helper, you would have, you know, all ready to go, you know, kind of thing. And I'm like, I can't even imagine eating hamburger helper today. But, you know, at the same time, um, when you're a busy mom uh, and you're too tired to really cook anything from scratch, sometimes those things do come in handy. So, so what would your advice be for that working mom? I think the biggest piece, and no, I'm a working mom. I've got four young children. Um, I believe in planning ahead. Um, you know, I w- it wouldn't work if I didn't plan ahead. And it sounds scary to a lot of people when they think, plan ahead. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't have time for that. Pack a lunch. <laughs> um, but, you know, I spend my Sunday afternoons, um, you know, you get the grocery store done, and you come home and you help prep some of that stuff. So it's um, washing and cutting those fruits and vegetables. Um, and maybe even putting them in individual bags if you're taking lunches or making breakfast. Um, so prepping a lot of those things out, you know, sawing those protein sources if it's going to be a fish or a poultry or whatever that is. So you know it's available, it's quick to heat up or cook and um, have it right there and available. So I think that's the biggest piece is when you're hungry, you're going to reach for the quickest, easiest solution. Yep. And so sometimes it's fast food at a restaurant. Solutions, yeah, yeah. If you've got... Um, those quick, easy foods right there, ready to go, or having nuts available. You know, if you're starving in a jam, just grab a handful of nuts, maybe some almonds, some walnuts are going to provide you some good fat. Um, and you can eat those really quickly, give you a little boost of energy while you're finishing out the cooking process. Um, so how do you feel, food. Kelly, how do you feel about these processed, um, packaged things like protein bars or you know, energy bars, things like that. What, what's your, I mean, if you look at the ingredient list, that probably tells you right there. But what do you, what, do you ever advise those if an emergency kind of situation where you just didn't have time to plan? <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, we try to be realistic. You know, we're all mm-hmm. busy and we're all, you know, there's times where we're on the go when it just doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Right. Um, you know, making wiser choices. Um, if it's a protein bar that's your healthiest option, then I say go for it. Um, it's still going to be better than other options that could be fast junk food. Okay. Exactly. So I think it's really about um, planning. And when you look at your diet, you know that it's not the one day where you had this or the even the 10 holidays a year that you might celebrate or birthdays. It's the whole year as a whole. So you want to look at that 80-20 rule is what we try to tell our patients. You know, 80% of the time you're making wise choices. Um, That other 20%, you know, isn't as big of a deal because you're making wise choices the majority of time. And so when you put that perspective on it, it kind of helps patients to figure out, okay, um, you know, I've done great all week. I'm going to have this on Saturday or maybe it's I'm going out to dinner with friends. I want to be able to have X. You know, everyone has their own special foods that they love. Yes, I'm um, Sharon. You know, Sharon, I need your help with something. What's that? Would you, would you remind me because I have chemo brain? Would you remind me that it's eighty percent healthy food, twenty percent bad? Yeah, no, the other way around. I do <laughs> know people that get that flipped around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I knew it was eighty twenty something, but I think it was eighty percent junk food. But no. Uh, well, and you know, as you're going through treatment, and you guys are experts because you've been through this so much. Um, you you kind of get in that mode. And so I get patients that have been going and going strong for so long that here it is, the holiday season, and they're um, thinking, oh, my goodness, I can't go to this party because there's going to be pumpkin pie there or cheesecake or whatever that is. And I remind them, you know, it's okay. It's your birthday. Have a piece of cake if that's yeah. what you need to have. Um, yeah, just don't eat the piece. whole cake, right? <laughs> just don't eat the whole cake. Exactly. But, you know, sometimes you just need that. Um, it's okay to have things once in a while, for sure. Yeah. And that's the trick, I think, is the once in a while. So it's the exception, not not the rule. Yes, it's that sparingly really does mean sparingly. Um, when you look at a food pyramid, they've got those um, fats and sugars all at the top there and say, so eat sparingly. And you yeah. find a lot of people are eating that first. 
Um, so I try to encourage people, you know, that is really meant for um, more of a, a dessert or more of a once-in-a-while time frame. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, before we run out of time completely, we definitely want to give you a little bit of opportunity to talk about Cancer Treatment of America and why it differs from other cancer centers. Um, uh, there's like five of them, right, in the in the country right now? Yes, there are five Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I work out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, at Southwestern Regional Medical Center. I think Cancer Treatment Center of America you know, we, we have what we call the mother standard of care. And so for all of us who work here, our goal is to treat people as they would treat their own mother. You know, so before you make a decision on what you're going to do, um, would you say that or would you do that or would you be able to offer that to your mother? Um, and I think that's a really wise way to live. It's giving us an ability to um, take that extra step. You know, would you walk your mother to the door? Would you provide organic foods for her? You want the best for your mother is, is the point. And so being able to do that here um, makes us unique. We also have a patient-empowered um, care model where, you know, we bring everyone to the patient. We're all under one roof. Um, each facility is equipped with um, radiation, surgery, chemotherapy, as well as all the integrative services like your registered dietitians, your mind-body therapist, your spiritual care, um, a whole world of massage and rehabilitation services, naturopathic medicine, chiropractic care. Um, so anything you could possibly need, we have it right here under run roof. And so our patients that's, aren't driving around everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, huge. Where, where are the locations that you guys have? So you're in Oklahoma, and I think you're in Phoenix, right? We Arizona. are. We're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are in Goodyear, um, Arizona, right outside of Phoenix. We are in Philadelphia, oh, and okay. we are in Zion, Illinois, which is um, right outside of Chicago, and Noonan, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta. Okay. Perfect. Any Perfect. plans for expansion? Are you guys looking to go anyplace else? You know, I think that's always an opportunity. You know, our goal is to serve more patients and um, bring this model to more people because, um, you know, when you're all right here as a clinician here, I can say being able to walk across the hall and talk to the oncologist and walk a couple more steps and talk to the radiation oncologist directly about a patient care in a matter of minutes truly impacts the patient. That's wow, great. That's... Well, we just have like 30 seconds before we need to end. So do you have any parting comments about um, how people can learn more about uh, nutrition and cancer? Yeah, I would say there's a couple of websites, you know, uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a great website, uh, cancercenter.com. has a lot of information on nutrition and integrative services. Um, also, if you're looking for real specifics on nutrition food and cancer, you can look to the American Institute of Cancer Research, um, and the website is AICR.org, and they Perfect. provide up-to-date research on nutrition and food and cancer. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we'll be back next week, and until then, remember, there's always hope, and we are here to help you find it. Thanks, Callie. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.